You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail, Doug at Doug Branson, LOH, and Nada at Nada the Scribe. Also, our show handle on most social media platforms at Locked On Hornets. Charlotte Hornets playing the Miami Heat tonight. Can I say something before we get uh. started, before we really <laughs> kick this thing into high gear? I guess so. I'm a little scared to go know where this is going, but sure, I guess so. I am sick and tired, and I think I speak for a lot of the listeners out, out there right now. I'm sick and tired of the slander that that Walker is putting on Tony Parker's name. <laughs> I said one thing two shows ago. I said one thing when we were sitting at this table that did you see his defensive stats? They were really bad. I still think he's a good player. Not, I'm not slandering Tony Parker. Yesterday when you were on with Rick Bennell, it was the first time I've ever listened to an episode that I was not directly a part of. <laughs> Thanks for the support. And I heard you say that at times this season, Tony Parker has, has disappeared. <laughs> that was all rest. That was all because he has literally not been on the court because they have rested him. That's not a knock on him. He's an old guy. That's fine. Listen, Tony Parker is not an old guy. He is an <laughs> NBA Hall of Famer who chose to come to Charlotte. I agree with Rick. The fact that he chose to come to Charlotte, <laughs> thank you for bestowing uh, this honor upon us, Tony, because you have been the first legitimate backup point guard option that this team has had in several years. And what is your reward for doing that? Walker Mail <laughs> slandering your name. I want to use this as a segue to continue to talk about Tony Parker because I want to get your takes on this. Even though that you were falsely accusing me of slandering Tony Parker, I do want to get your take on what we talked about yesterday because I thought it was interesting. I don't think anybody's been talking about the actual moves the Charlotte Hornets are going to make if Kimba Walker does leave. Now, we don't know that he's going to leave, but I don't know if anybody's discussing the fact of what would you do with a Tony Parker? What do you do with Jeremy Lamb? Is that somebody that would be likely to sign back with the Hornets if Kimba goes? But Tony specifically, I feel like both sides would probably negotiate something out to where they just both walk away, correct? I would think that would be the right thing for Tony. It might be depending on what he wants, I guess. Sure, but I would imagine you want to play with a contender somewhere that you're going to go deeper in the playoffs. And if Kimba's not here, then this team is not going to go anywhere. Well, maybe, but he he signed the team option. It's the team's option. It's not Tony Parker's option. He doesn't have a player option. So I think if if Charlotte wants to retain him, then unless he just says, "Look, I'm going I'm going to retire if you keep me, uh, otherwise set me free." Uh, but I think Tony Parker. Okay, let's let's sort of sch- scheme this out. So Kimball Walker decides to walk in free agency, goes somewhere else, and the Hornets have to make some decisions. Look, Tony Parker's on a a very affordable deal. You you I think you exercise that player option and and have Tony Parker's veteran leadership around Malik Monk and Devontae Graham. Like if you're serious about wanting to develop players, don't go down the Orlando Phoenix road where you just have a bunch of young guys and no one there to show them how to be a professional. You can use the you can have the same thing that you had this season with Tony contributing occasionally but also 
contributing in the locker room. And and I agree with you bringing in veterans to a locker room with a whole bunch of younger guys. I get that. But also, Tony Parker, I would imagine, doesn't want to play with the Hornets anymore. And if he does, then great. That's fantastic. He does have an option. It's a team option. And if the team decides that they want him there, then fine. There's not a whole lot that Tony can do about it unless he goes scorched earth like some of these other players and decides that at age 37, he's going to demand a trade or demand to get bought out or demand to be let go and them not pick up the option I don't know I just feel like this is the kind of thing that we see in the twilight the very twilight of these guys careers I would think like we've seen like we saw with Dwayne Wade last year Cleveland sent Dwayne Wade to Miami back home for I think it was a top 55 protected pick so the pick is not going to convey they basically just sent Dwayne Wade to the Miami Heat in order to do him a solid because Dwayne Wade wanted out of Cleveland Miami brought Dwayne Wade back for the farewell tour and I just would wonder if that would be kind of a deal that Tony Parker and the Charlotte Hornets would try to negotiate maybe not sending him back to San Antonio but would Tony go off to a different team that he would like to go compete with Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that if Tony Parker decides he wants to leave Charlotte it's because a certain podcast have spit on his legacy (laughs) you know maybe he's earned a little bit more respect than that maybe maybe he does have a legacy worth admiring instead of saying that you know he was Casper the ghost and disappearing in basketball games that that he's helped them win have you seen him on defense? It's been pretty brutal. Let's oh talk about the Miami Heat tonight. Miami Heat, they don't have their point guard either. He has literally disappeared. He is not in Charlotte. He is a guy that has been averaging about 15 points per game since he's been back. But Goran Dragic for the Miami Heat, he's not going to play. And he's only played 18 games this entire season. He's missed the last couple, did not make the trip to, with Miami, with the Miami Heat, to Charlotte. And so you think that would bode well for the Charlotte Hornets' chances. This is already a team the Hornets have two games up on. We've talked about all of the teams that the Hornets are going to be battling against. They have a good record against those specific teams for the most part. They split their series with the Brooklyn Nets. A lot of them were very close except for this last game. They have a two-game lead on the Miami Heat as it stands now. They do have a two they have a one-game lead on the Orlando on the Orlando Magic. They have one more game at the end of the season where we'll see if they're able to sweep that series. They do have a three-game lead on Detroit. So Miami I don't know what other factors would come into play to dictate at the end of all of this if they split this series, if Miami would take it or if Charlotte would take it. But Charlotte has a two-game series lead right now. And then if you are able to win this one tonight, then you don't have to worry about Miami getting that spot ahead of you if you are indeed tied. So this is a huge game. We're in that territory where every single one that you play until the end of the season, it's huge. And this one especially because of the team that you're playing against. Yeah, 2-0 against Miami this year. I mean, I, I think they, they've got as a good a shot as any to win this game that they have that they had of winning any of these other games. And, um, you know, I, I, listen, it's all going to come down to can Kimba Walker get enough help? Can they, can as as Rick said, I mean, they, they've been getting off to awful starts in these games. Can they come out and hit them, punch them in the mouth early, take advantage of the advantages that Miami's been giving teams defensively? They have not been playing well defensively. I think uh, Chris Kroger tweeted out the numbers here they went from uh they went from sixth in defense pre all-star break to 28th in defense post all-star break you know they've they've swapped some guys out in the front court I think you know Bam Adebayo is an athletic guy but he's also a guy that lacks a little size you can sort of get in there make him move around a little bit and, and score inside so you know with with Charlotte, I mean, all of this analysis comes down to are they willing to play well late and win these games because they are, they will be close 
weird people that destroy the Charlotte Hornets. Hassan Whiteside belongs on that list. And Hassan Whiteside was a guy that Eric Spolster wasn't even playing at times. Now he has not, he did not play the last two games of February, didn't play the first game of March, did play 15 minutes against the Atlanta Hawks. So he's had his spots for the most part. I don't know if he's trying to come back from injury or not, but Eric Spolster has picked his spots on where he wants to play Hassan Whiteside here and there. You look at in the middle of February, Hassan gotcha, had a three game stretch of six points, six points, four points, went for 30 against Phoenix on February 25th only had four against the Atlanta Hawks but we know what he does to the Charlotte Hornets he usually destroys them and you're hoping Cody Zeller can hold his own if they decide to go with Hassan once again tonight what a weird descent for the pride of Gastonia (laughs) well there was a rise there was a descent and then there was a rise of him actually getting back in the league and it happened at the perfect time where they were handing out max contracts left and right you get one hell everybody gets one and Hassan Whiteside it was everybody, and now the Miami Heat kind of regretting that. And now the drama, it seems like, has went away. I haven't followed up a whole lot with some of the stuff that's happened in the middle part of the season, but at the beginning, it seemed like Hassan Whiteside was pretty agitated, but at least he is getting some playing time. And by the way, Charlotte, not the only franchise handing out bad contracts. I mean, you have to look at that contract, but also the the contract that they gave to Tyler Johnson. Now, I think since they've been able to... They got rid of it, they sent got, it to Phoenix. Yeah, and, and you know the problem for the Hornets is that they can't get rid of any any of the bad decisions. Somehow, Miami has been able to work the phones and uh, you know get rid of some of these bad decisions, and Charlotte has not been able to. Do you think Pat Riley just scares other GMs and other other front office execs into taking whatever deal he wants to offer? He scares he scares me. It, Pat Riley is a basketball mob boss, and he is extremely scary. I think if. Pat Riley told me to do anything, I'd probably do it immediately. I think he's just fortunate that some of these bad decisions have not been horrific and the players show a little bit of their potential early enough that they become tradable. And you've got a really good head coach, too, in Eric Spolstra. Just comparing both of these teams, I don't know how much that changes anything about you getting rid of some of these players, but it does mean that Eric Spolstra is able to get the most out of his younger players. You mentioning guys showing up enough early that you don't have to get rid of them so quickly. Eric Spolster certainly helps in the development there. Are you in your car a lot driving to work, driving the kids around? If you have a smart device in your car, and more and more of you do now, tell your smart device to play Locked On Hornets. Don't fumble around with your phone and Bluetooth. Just say, play Locked On Hornets and make drive time LOH time. We've got more LOH time here on the Locked On Podcast Network in just a minute. This is Locked on Hornets. We need Mitch Kupchak to throw a party like Sam Presti. Can he party like Presti and Russell Westbrook? (laughs) Yeah, but who are you going to get to perform? Because remember, they got Nas. They did get Nas. Man, who is Mitch Kupchak getting to that party to perform? Can we get Nelly? No. Master P. (laughs) I hate you right now. (laughs) It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. It's Walker Mail, Doug Branson. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. Can, I just, say, is the, can I just say one thing before we get started with this segment? I, I wouldn't want to cut you off. I wouldn't want to do that. 
I just want to please. Well, first of all, I just want to apologize if I sounded distracted last segment. Yeah. Um, I, this R. Kelly stuff is has, just has me just completely dumbfounded. That's what you wanted to interrupt me for to well, bring no, up R. No. Kelly immediately. Well, I would like to talk about R. Kelly if we get an opportunity at some point, but I was distracted because of that, and also because I was trying to pull up these stats on cleaningtheglass.com, and I was struggling to get logged in. That's a that's a famous struggle for me. I don't know why. I it's just pro, I have problems logging in to we had an episode. We had an episode like that where you had trouble logging in one time. I know. I'm a fantastic Googler. I'm bad at logging in. We I'm, ha- I'm with you on that. We have strengths and weaknesses. If if uh, you know the guys uh, who the the draft express guys, if they were to do sort of a scouting report of of me and my ability to use the internet. Todd 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 Todd. Yeah, I- excellent Googler. Not a very good guy that's <laughs> logging in. Very yeah. good at interrupting the host anytime he's trying to go on a rant. Todd, right. Todd. I don't reply all. I'll tell you that. I'm very consistent at not replying all. Uh, it's a big problem in today's internet world. Can anyway. reply to you individually. Can't respond with every single body. Go ahead. Sorry. All right. So thank you. Yeah, don't interrupt. Look, I interrupted. This is my interruption and my time. So here's the thing. I finally pulled these stats up, and I just noticed, first of all, Bam Adebayo uh, doesn't get a ton of hasn't gotten a ton of usage. Maybe that's changed since he's been inserted into the starting lineup. Low usage, but really high points per shot attempt according to Cleaning the Glass. 69th percentile, nice for a big in the NBA this year. <laughs> and then you look at his assist percentage. He's moving the basketball somehow. Eric Spolstra gets all of these players to buy in. It's what makes him a great coach. Look at the two guys on this roster with some of the lowest assist percentages on the team. Hassan Whiteside, he's riding the bench. And then you got Tyler Johnson. He's out of here. The one exception that's still in the rotation and playing well is Derek Jones Jr., but you don't want that guy to pass the ball. You just want that guy to make exciting plays. Eric Spolstra is somebody that I think nobody respected enough until LeBron actually left the team. Because I think everybody, it was the Phil Jackson effect. If you're not a Phil Jackson fan, it's because you think anybody can do it with Michael and Scotty and Kobe and Shaq. Anybody can do that. And then maybe he came back, earned your respect with Kobe and Pau Gasol. But I, I think both of those, I, I think having a duo like that for Phil, I think it took away some of your respect for him. I think that's the same thing with a lot of really good head coaches. I think it was the case for Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra, he had the respect from LeBron James. And it took a little bit, maybe at the beginning, but Pat Riley said, Eric Spolster is going to be your guy. And maybe that's what it takes. Because when Pat Riley tells you to do something, somebody with 10 NBA championships, you say, okay, Pat, sure, Eric Spolster is somebody I will listen to. But I don't think anybody really respected Eric Spolster and the job he did until LeBron went back to Cleveland. And then he's getting into the playoffs or actually having a hunt for the playoffs with guys like Rodney Magruder starting for him. That's insane. <laughs> I mean, what is R. Kelly doing yelling at Gail King? Gail King, if you've seen this CBS interview, Gail King is the absolute model of composure and amazing interviewer and R. R. Kelly in the midst of of actual legal trouble is trying to fight a PR battle that that he absolutely cannot win. And I think if you're LeBron James, you look at the history of his coaches, 
you're only going to one guy that you feel good about saying is one of the better coaches, certainly currently or whenever they were coaching LeBron at that time. Because you're not saying that about David Blatt. He was ousted immediately. You're not saying that about a Ty Lue. Ty Lue was not around for very long at the beginning of this season. I don't think you're looking at Mike Brown as one of the better head coaches in the NBA. Eric Spolstra is that guy. And not only it's the way that he was able to get a couple of championships with a great big three that they had in Miami, but now you see him developing guys like Bam Adebayo and allowing some of these players to move the ball effectively like they are. And, and it just it's he's a great coach, and it would be nice to have on your squad. This situation with uh, with R. Kelly is obviously very serious. <laughs> There's some serious issues uh, surrounding uh, abuse. It seems like he has um, kidnapped and brainwashed these two young women. At least that's the allegations from uh, the parents. A lot of serious issues, and, and you've got R. Kelly – Uh, just going on national television trying to plead his case and he can't decide whether he wants to sort of play the 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 crying victim or if he wants to sort of do the Brett Kavanaugh yell at the camera and and proclaim his innocence as loudly as possible and what ends up happening when he tries to combine the two first of all it, it all looks false none of the arguments make any sense and he just looks like a fool we're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. Jeffrey Gittimer is the king of sales, a best-selling author, helping salespeople all over the world make more money. And on Monday, he's hosting a free webinar, Six and a Half Strategies, Winning Sales Strategies. And if you're sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. Dwayne Wade, 28% assist percentage. I mean, they got Dwayne Wade <laughs> moving the basketball better than anyone on the Charlotte Hornets roster. We'll take a quick break here on LOH. We'll come back next with plenty more. Kevin Durant's doing things that are extremely gross. We'll talk about it here. It's Locked On Hornets Podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. And the Google description here says, On contracts made before June, where the wheat is deliverable in December, either wheat of the grades, named or numbered, <laughs> B shares Batik of New York, N.B.A. So take that for what you will. That's a lot of information I just threw at you. I apologize. What was the grade? The Yeah, the wheat was graded uh, C-. minus. Let's get them on. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I don't want to keep beating this to death, but as we discuss what the Hornets are going to do post-Kimba Walker, I, I, as much as it's interesting to me about Tony Parker, and I'm afraid to say anything about Tony Parker because I'm supposedly slandering him, and Marvin Williams is interesting to me, but Jeremy Lamb is the guy because if you don't sign Jeremy Lamb, then it clearly shows the direction that you want to take. Wait, and before, you're just going you, before, off the, before you before you get started, what? before you get started, well, it just made me think of something. When you said Jeremy Lamb, it made me think of something. Every segment, every single one. I was on Instagram. Earlier today, and uh, well, I wasn't on Instagram because I struggle with Instagram. But my, you're not on the gram, neither am I. But producer Katie was on Instagram, and she forwarded this to me. Uh, Jeremy Lamb, we got to shout out Jeremy Lamb because he announced on Instagram via a video. I did see this. Yeah, extremely elaborate gender reveal uh, that he and his partner are expecting a baby girl. This gender reveal was crazy. This gender reveal was crazy. So he he lives, uh, or, or a lot of the players, I don't know if you know this, but uh, a lot of the players that don't 
that, that may not be permanent, it seems like, or may not don't own a home. Like several of the players here own homes around Charlotte. Um, but there is a, a popular uh, condominium complex called The View where a lot of these guys stay. Doug often hangs out in the bushes next to all the players' <laughs> now, homes. Well, as soon as I started saying it, I was like, oh, man, everyone's going to think I'm I brought creeping. him a thermos of coffee a couple times. It's been great. He's well, been no, but a I, lot of no, insider listen, information. I, I live near The View, and so I've seen some of these players. I've seen come, the tent. I've right. seen it. I may, yeah, maybe I was in the bushes. Uh, maybe <laughs> I had binoculars. That's beside the point. Okay, the point is... Uh, that uh, the view has lights on the top of it that can change colors like a lot of these buildings do. And Charlotte changes the lights, uh, colors around the uptown area, depending on what the event is. Well, the event apparently was Jeremy Lamb is having a baby girl because they used that to do the gender reveal. It turned, it was like blue and pink and then it turned pink and and so he's having a That's baby girl. insane to have a building light up the color that you want it to. And yeah. first off, it's it's blue and pink alternating around, so you have no clue. It's kind of like the wheel is spinning. You have no clue what it's going to land on. And finally, after they're all ready, looking at the building, everybody, there's a lot of people. This is a big party. Out from our damn beard and park. Yeah. I, this is, it's huge. Marvin was there to celebrate. Marvin, he was in the video as he well. He was there. And everybody takes a look at the building and they count down and... It goes all pink, and congratulations to Jeremy Lamb, who's having a baby girl, apparently. So, no, no Tony Parker there. Are you gonna are you gonna make a comment about that? Did he disappear from that video as well? I think he's doing defensive drills with Coach Borrego still. He that's needs to keep on working on him. That. Uh, he's doing the thing where he allows everybody to go right by him through the paint. I think that's what he's doing, trying to shore that up. Also, we have another thing. I don't know if it was on the gram. I don't know where you caught it, but Doug sent me the video of a Kevin Durant interview post game, and I don't know what game it was, but Kevin Durant was getting clowned online for drinking water through a towel that he had draped over his face while on the bench. Now, I don't know if this is a new move for Kevin Durant, but I've seen him drape the towel over his face. I feel like more than once this season, I feel like that's something I've seen him do frequently. But I saw this video, and it's gross, and here's the soundbite of him getting clowned, explaining him to everybody what exactly happened. One thing before I let you go, you had a towel over your face during the game, and you were drinking through it. How do you do that? And why were you doing that? We were all like, what is he doing? Um, I mean, I don't know if you've been watching. I've been uh, I've been having the towel uh, over my face to kind of t- uh, absorb, absorb the sweat for a while. But I kind of forgot at that moment that I had it on and I was thirsty. So hey, it worked, though. I had I got a, I had a nice squig on that. OK, OK, OK. So a couple of things, a couple of things. Wait, what? At the beginning, I know we're going to get there. A couple of things. You're all right to say what? A couple of things. At the beginning, I like how he says, you know, I don't know if you've been watching. Well, <laughs> it's the local, it's the local <laughs> sideline reporter. Of course, she, she asked you. Yes, she has been watching. And sometimes people need to have some filler words to get their thoughts across. And clearly, we know all scenario, about that. No, I. Hello, you're you're speaking to the king of that. Um, I I hear you on that, Kevin. Certainly, we've been watching. That local reporter is all of us, by the way. I feel like ever. I felt like she was asking it in the exact way that I would ask it. The other thing is. Ew, that is sick, right? Like, I understand that if you forget, I understand, you know, if you got the towel draped around your face, you get so used to it, you become numb to the fact that a towel is draped over your mouth. You try to go for a drink of water, as we'll call it, or a swig of water, as we'll call it. And sometimes you just forget. That's gross, though. And he actually admitted that he actually got a good bit of water. But the reason the way he says it is that he got a good squig of water and then we're cut off. Squig. I had a nice squig on out. That's not a thing. <laughs> I told I showed this to Nada and Nada said, Oh, that's you know, 
That's probably him being Baltimore. Oh, they always say that up there. No. Oh, good old no, Maryland. Good old Baltimore. No, it is not. No. It is not. <laughs> a, no, it's not. That's not When you Baltimore. go to a restaurant in Baltimore, they ask you what you want to drink, and you say, yes, nice please, squig. can I have a squig of water, please? No, that's not a thing. I lo- Trust me, I looked it up. I went to Urban Dictionary. It's not a thing. Squigs of beer on me, everybody. That's what you say in Baltimore. And by the way, listen, Kevin. You don't admit defeat. You never admit defeat, admit failure. You gotta you gotta go sort of get to that Kyrie level and say, listen, you don't you're not on my plane of existence. You don't understand. That's how that's how I filter the water so that it's purified before it enters my body. You just gotta get weird with it and don't you can't admit defeat. That was so sick. Imagining Having a sweat filter is essentially what it was. It was a filter of sweat. Hey, sweat the, comes from the body. The water ran through, and then you drank it, and you admitted to us that you got a good portion of water from that water bottle through your sweat filter. Water goes into the body, becomes sweat. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back to recap the Miami Heat game tomorrow. I had a nice squig on that. Thank you.